0: Welcome to the Rebranded Teacher Podcast. My name is Lauren Fulton. I'm a full-time teacher, author, and seller on Teachers Pay Teachers, and I help other teacher entrepreneurs grow their TPT businesses in a way that's purposeful and sustainable. So if you're looking for actionable, step-by-step ways to grow your business, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Today, we have such a treat. We have professional copywriter, Brandon Villacob, who is going to be talking about nurturing your audience. I get this question all the time. Like, I understand that I need to be selling resources. I understand that I need to be writing sales emails. I understand that I need to be sending them freebies. I understand that I need to be nurturing them. But like, what does that mean? How do I nurture my audience in a way that makes them more likely to purchase from me and build a no I can trust relationship without just constantly giving them freebies? Because I feel like that's what people think a lot of times when they think nurture, they think providing value, and they think that that just means giving them free stuff. And that's not at all the case. And so today we have expert Branda Villicob, who's going to be sharing with us how to nurture your audience. If you want to learn more from Branda, make sure and check out the links down inside of the description. You can find a link to connect with her. You can also find a link to join us for Teacher Seller Summit so that you can attend her session and learn even more from her because she's absolutely incredible. Hey, Branda, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you today, all about nurturing your audience. So for those who are listening, Branda is a professional copywriter. And so she's going to kind of be sharing a lot of her expertise today. But I'd love to just start with like you telling us a little bit about you. like. How did your journey start in the teacher entrepreneur world? Yeah.
1: So, like Lauren said, my name's Branda.
0: I'm the owner of the Relevant Collective. And currently, I'm working
1: with like brands and businesses who really see the need for like personality packed copy and nurture focused copy. But I actually started in the TPT realm selling resources on TPT, probably like Five or six years ago. It's been a while. And then in 2022, I decided to leave the classroom. And so I was looking for kind of an avenue of where to go. And my original plan was to do copywriting part-time. And find work somewhere else part-time, but it just kind of blew into this full-time business. I found a bunch of people through Facebook groups and communities I've been in for a long time who were interested in hiring me to do their emails or their blogs. And I found that I really loved it. And the more that I digged into it and learned more about copywriting, the more I kind of attuned my niche. And that's what I really came to do what I do now, which is this nurture-focused copywriting. You'll hear a lot of different types of copywriters out there. They'll call themselves conversion copywriters. And that's all great. We all want conversion, right? Because we all want sales. That's why we're in business. But I love storytelling and I love getting to know brands and helping brands connect with their customers. And so that's
0: what I do now. I love that. I have a lot of questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of which we didn't discuss ahead of time, but there here's one right now that when you were talking, I was like, I've got to know what this means. You said person personality pact copy. Can you tell me what that is? What is personality-packed copy? Yeah, it's copy that feels like you. I think a lot of times when we write, especially when I talk
1: to clients that I'm onboarding, I'm like, well, what's your voice? Who are you? And they're like, I don't really know like what I sound like. like. We know what we sound like maybe whenever we talk, but when someone asks you to identify words that you say or common phrases, all of a sudden you're drawing blanks. So personality-packed copy is your words on paper and email blogs. It feels like you. It doesn't feel like anyone could have written it. It feels like you wrote it. And it feels like the people who are reading your copy can't connect with you, understand who you are. And so I think there's like a lot of teacher language that we feel like we have to be right whenever we're writing blogs for our TPT audience. We feel like we have to be like the quiet teacher. I don't say any curse words. And I, I'm like super PG, but like not every TPT brand is like that. Some are really spicy and sassy and some are really sweet and gentle. And so understanding who you are and you know, that's part of nurturing is feeling like someone can connect with you even just through your writing.
0: Perfect. I love that. So you talked about, you said personality packed and then nurture copy. So you kind of just mentioned that personality-packed copy is part of nurturing your audience. Can you tell us what nurturing your audience is and how that personality-packed copy plays a role in nurturing your audience? So when I think
1: nurturing, I think connection and I think community building and support. And so that comes with Being ourselves and showing up as ourselves. And that's kind of the correlation there between personality patch and nurturing. But I think when people think nurture, we think like giving away. We're like freebies, more freebies, more free things for you. And like that's great. Like people love free stuff. But there's so much more to nurturing. Nurturing is also asking people to respond to your emails and actually responding back to them, asking for their input. Like, what do you want to hear from me? Getting in the DMs on Instagram and having connections and conversations with people, hosting a Facebook group and starting a community, nurturing really is about that connection building because without nurture and without getting to know the people that you're talking to, you can end up talking to a brick wall a lot of times Mm. and you might not see a lot of success with your sales if you don't actually know the people. You're communicating with.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that people can love your products. They can enjoy your products. You can have a large audience, but essentially if you're not nurturing your audience and building those connections with them, then you're probably missing out on what you could be offering to your audience and what the value that you could be giving to them, but you're probably missing out ultimately on what you're main goal is which is sales. Yeah. So can we talk about practically what nurturing looks like?
1: Yeah, like how would you deliver that freebie so you can do more than just here's a freebie. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I say I
0: always tell people storytelling
1: is like one of the best ways that you can nurture and again it depends on your brand voice and your personality some people love to use storytelling to connect with like maybe something funny happened to them in the classroom and that's how they end up making this product right because they're like I had this kid jumping off the walls and I knew I needed to do something different I built this product or whatever or maybe the story is you like relating to them and understanding like oh my god test prep season like this is so stressful like I know how it feels and you're building the connection there and then you're offering a freebie to kind of help solve that problem so you're kind of doing two things there actually you're leaning into the copywriting side with the story of building a connection establishing the pain point identifying what they might be struggling with but then also again nurturing by providing that free thing to solve the problem they might be facing or to aid in their struggle which again nurturing is about support so we want to support people with what they're facing hardships or even the great things. So
0: so one of the things that you said was that you want to nurture them by supporting them. Mm-hmm. So before I can support them and nurture them, what do I need to know first about my customer?
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of times when we start a business, we have ourselves in mind. Which is totally fine. We usually start it because they're like, I know I struggle with this. And so that's where I'm going to go. But as you start to build your audience more and you do start to connect with people, have conversations with them and listen to what they're saying. So those conversations again can be having people reply to your email, sending out a survey, even if it's just one or two questions to get them to answer. I think also hanging around in Facebook groups or finding people that you look up to and admire in the TPT space, have a very similar audience to you, and see what their audience is saying that they're struggling with, because you may have some very similar overlapping issues. And so that's not like copying or cheating. Like We all share a lot of the same customers. That's just how things work. And so seeing what they might be talking to and the problems they're talking to can help you also talk to your own audience as you develop and get to know them. Because I know how it is, especially in the TPT world, it can be very like dead zone. A lot of times you may not hear from a lot of people. I know that was a really big struggle for me. And so Sometimes it's digging around a little bit for that information and find out where people are talking and where they kind of are hiding out and just listening in.
0: I love that because that's, that's what I hear from a lot of people who, you know, they're just getting started with, you know, learning about their target audience, but they don't really have that audience themselves yet. Or when they reach out to tap into that small audience that they do have, they don't get that response back, like Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. So I've, I've told uh, people in RTA the exact same thing. Like, go look at what your competitors customers are talking about. Like what pain points are they talking about? Because they're going to be the exact same pain points. Most likely that your customers are having. So I love that. Can we talk about some practicalities of what nurturing looks like on a regular basis? You mentioned before just telling them stories, but you also have talked about like opening up those conversations. Does nurturing look different on different platforms?
1: I would say so because a lot of times with emails, as much as we would love for people to respond to us, a lot of times it can feel like a one sided conversation. That doesn't mean the person on the other side isn't hearing us or receptive to what we're saying, but we don't often hear from them as easily. So, you can definitely put call to actions in there to ask people to respond. But, like, if you get one response, I consider that like 10 million A times engaging. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get people to respond. So, I think with email, when you're trying to create that connection and nurture and like build that conversation, for me, it's more about like I'm looking at the engagement of my audience. So, I'm like measuring how engaged are they? Are they opening it? Are they clicking through? That's going to kind of indicate if my audience is interested in what I'm having to say. Whereas with Social media, it's so much easier to say, you know, send me a DM or drop a comment below. And the conversation just flow a lot easier because a lot of times you're not necessarily asking them to step off of a platform. That is a hard ask. We like to think it's really easy. Just click one button. But like how many emails do we get and how many of them do we really sit and click through? It's its a hard ask. So I do think there is a difference there on how the conversation flows and how to measure that engagement and interaction.
0: For sure. And I think too, one of the reasons why it's so much easier for them to respond on social media is not only because they're seeing your face, but typically when they're on social media, they have a little bit of free time. Whereas when they're checking their email, they don't. And so that kind of creates that feeling of disconnect when the reality may just be that, you know, you're asking them to respond to you and they just simply do not have the time at that moment to do so. But like you said, they're still soaking all of that in. Yeah. So what does this look like on a regular basis? When we're talking about nurturing them, what can this look like across, say, the span of a month? What are four different things that I can do in my four weekly newsletters that I'm sending out a month to kind of help nurture the audience that I have?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple things I usually suggest to people. First and foremost, long form content. That's blogs, podcasts, whatever it is that like hangs out on the internet for a long period of time, offering them some sort of free information there that establishes you as an expert. It provides them something free. Great. Wins on all sides. Freebies. You know, you can literally give them something for free. I don't recommend doing that like every time you email people. I would definitely say if you're planning in a month, one time a month is probably good, maybe two. I think also, again, asking for those responses, getting people to email you. You can direct them to Instagram post even. I have a lot of people who come and work with me and they're like, well, I don't have a blog yet. I don't have you know, whatever, send them to social media. Then maybe you had an Instagram post that you even have like two months ago that people really liked. You can send them there and refer them there. And then I say like last resort. Sometimes if you really don't know where to send them or what to showcase, you could do almost like a mini blog or like a listicle inside of your email. So they're getting all the information right there. And then maybe your call to action for that email is just getting them to respond to you and give them some sort of information. Even if it's just a fun question, it doesn't have to always be about what you're talking about. And just be like, I want to know what you're teaching this week, just so I can kind of know what to talk about in the next upcoming month or whatever.
0: Yeah. I love that. You're talking to somebody who doesn't have a blog and doesn't do social media. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely do that with my email list where I'll Kind of create it like a blog. And my idea is one of these days, I'll, you know, get around to hiring somebody yeah. to turn them into blog posts. But having that, I do feel like helps a little bit if you're somebody who's listening and you're like me and you're like, yeah, I don't do social and I don't do blogging. So, like, that's a really great idea. I love that. Let's yeah. talk about selling. When we're talking about nurturing our audience, how important is that nurturing? when it comes to leading up to that sales email? I would say extremely important. If
1: you've ever heard the, you know, no like trust factor before, there's a reason that's like such a prevalent saying in business. And it's because if people know you and they like you and they trust you, they're way more likely to stick around, to engage more and eventually buy. We have to kind of think of our audience as different buckets. Some people come to us in that like I'm not really sure who you are, or if I want to buy from you, maybe they just downloaded a freebie from you and like, great, I'm just going to run with it. And they're like, ready to leave. Nurturing is what can help us take them to the next level of warming them up. And then they go, oh, I actually, I like what you're talking about here. Maybe I am interested in purchasing more. So nurturing really can take someone from the, eh, don't really care about you. Don't really care what you have to offer to ready to buy. And let's be honest, it's a long game when you're nurturing and marketing is in general, a long game. I think we've been like, kind of fooled a lot of times to think I'm going to send an email and like 50 people will buy it. And if they do like fabulous, awesome. But a lot of times that's not what happens right away. It takes a while to get people warmed up and ready to purchase, even just investing two or $3 sometimes can take a little bit of warming. So that's what nurturing does. It helps them know what we have to offer. So when they do think about something in the future, maybe they think about us, it tells them who they can come to for information and it just gets them familiar with who we are. So when we show up in their inbox, they're not like, who is this chick? Unsubscribe. They're like, oh, you know, it's Lauren. I hear from her. I like what she has to say. I read her emails.
0: Absolutely. You know, whenever I'm scrolling through my inbox in the morning and I'm deciding which emails I'm going to open, you know, that aren't business related, I only open the ones from people whose faces I can see in my head whenever I see their name. Like, oh, Pat Flynn, I know what he looks like. Amy Porterfield, I know what she looks like. Megan Wisdom, I know what she looks like. You know, if I can picture their face whenever I see their name, I'll open it. But if I can't, if I don't know who they are and I can't make that connection, it's just going straight into the trash. And so I think that's, that is, like, you know, you're so right there. It's extremely important that you're building that no like, and trust factor so that when you do come across, they're like, oh yeah, exactly. I know who this person is. Can we talk about consistency and what kind of role that plays in nurturing. Can I send one nurture email a month or a couple of nurture emails right before the TPT sideways sale and expect that this is going to do the trick for me. So this is like one of my biggest pet peeves
1: that I always talk about. I'm like, you can't just, you know, pop up out of the blue and expect someone to buy. I mean, I got an email this morning from someone. And I was like, who is this? You know, and I just yeah. like immediately unsubscribed because again, there was no consistency there. I had no idea who this person was. This may have been the second email I ever got from them a month apart. I have no clue. So consistency is extremely important for the factor of getting people to, again, know who you are and be familiar with you. And sure, you might annoy people sometimes. I think that's like the big fear. They're like, well, if I email every week, people are going to be so annoyed with me. Okay, maybe they are. And then they'll unsubscribe and they're not your person. You know, they didn't want to be there anyways. And I don't think consistency has to be as rigid as every Tuesday at 5 a.m. I send an email. If you can have a little bit more flexibility with that, give yourself grace and hard seasons and busy times. But in general, showing up on a consistent basis is definitely going to help with that familiarity
0: piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get often get like right before or I hear people hear people saying like right before a TPT sideways sale, they'll say like, oh, I haven't, sent an email in a while or I'll get those random like people who I'm subscribed to and I haven't heard from them in a very long time. And then suddenly, like two or three days before the wide sale, I'll get a freebie from them. And and you know, I which I appreciate like I do think that's probably better than than not doing that and just sending them an email about the wide sale. But I do see that a lot. Like, oh I'm gonna send them a freebie and then the next couple of days they're like, oh, so disappointed because the site yeah. sale didn't go very well for them. So I think yeah. you're so right. It's extremely important to continue or to build that nurturing relationship ahead of time and to keep that going can you tell us a little bit because you're going to be a teacher seller summit can you tell us a little bit about your session that you're going to have at TSS and what you're going to be sharing there? Yeah, so I'm going to be talking even more about nurturing there, exactly
1: how you can nurture some examples of what that looks like and really putting that into your email marketing. I haven't exactly mapped out everything I'm talking about yet, so I'm sure it'll change slightly. But one of the big things I talk about a lot with my clients also is like nurture sequences and how that makes a really big impact. So starting with a bang, when you do send a freebie, it's not just here's a freebie and I abandoned you, but like how you can build that relationship from email number one, and then continually do that again, as we were just talking about consistency in our weekly emails and our constant communication with people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're so excited to have you at Teacher Seller Summit. And when, where can people connect with you in the meantime? Where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, I hang out on Instagram a
1: lot at The Relevant Collective. And then I also have my website, therelevantcollective.com, where you can learn a little bit more about me and my services and what I do and all that fun stuff.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today and for sharing about nurturing your audience. I'm really looking forward to your session on speaking specifically to their needs and learning how to meet their needs. I feel like it's just a perfect compliment to what you talked about today, kind of leading into that and really helping people make better connections with their audience and also helping them make those sales, which is yes. really important. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you, Branda. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend or share about it on social media. I love it whenever you guys share; it means so much to me. And I will see you guys right back here next week. If you want to learn more and grow more with me, then you can find me inside of Rebranded Teacher Academy. Rebranded Teacher Academy is a low-cost monthly membership that gives you access to my entire course and content catalog from courses for brand new TPT sellers like Selling 101 to more advanced sellers inside of Strategic Growth, Ditch the Overwhelm, a quick start library where you can pick any topic that you would like to learn more about, watch a short video, and then immediately implement what you learned with a corresponding workbook. But what RTA members tend to love most are the monthly challenge and strategy sessions where every single month, I give you step-by-step strategies that you can implement inside of your business in the form of a fun monthly challenge that helps you move your business forward every single month. If you want to learn more about Rebranded Teacher Academy and how you can become a member, you can find more about that down inside of the description. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you would share about it on social media and help other TPT sellers find it too. I'll see you right here next week.